Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I just tried to save up money as much as I could. I worked two jobs. I was just working like a dog, like a machine. I had absolutely no social life whatsoever. And was just trying to, you know, sort of begin my, my life by getting some money in the bank. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyron Chum and in this episode, we're speaking with entrepreneur and property developer Theodore Collette. Taking it back to the beginning of his investing journey, we'll discover his accidental joint venture, how he started investing in the Australian property market and the interesting tips and tricks for success he's learned along the way. Theodore Collett. I guess I could say that I'm an entrepreneur and at the moment I run an Airbnb business and I also do property development. Having to take care of his business while also dealing with his property clients, Collett's day is quite packed. I wake up, um, I get my exercise done in the morning because I just like to have that done. And then a ritual that I've been doing for a long time is I just take about 20 minutes without any phones or nothing at all and just sort of set the intention for the day. Um, I like to focus on what I want to achieve and especially like how I would feel actually accomplishing it. And then I enjoy breakfast with my partner and after that, it's pretty much just straight to work. Yeah, I contact clients, make sure everything is like up to date, make sure everyone knows what's going on and just try to reach out to everyone and see if there's anything that I can do to make their job go easier. Mm, nice. And yeah, yeah. And then in the evening, I like to reflect on the day you know over over something to eat or a glass of wine to see what i can do better see where there's like room for improvement and um, spend some quality time with my partner with such a structured day plan colette shares that much of his current schedule is dedicated to growing his business at the moment i'm trying to expand the airbnb business sort of make myself available at many different places many different times at once so building that whole team to make that work is what I'm trying to focus on at the moment mainly, yeah. Born and raised in Sweden, Colette thinks back to the various experiences of his childhood. I grew up in Sweden, which is far, far away from Australia. Um, I just went to a normal type of school, nothing special, nothing different really. <clears throat> but I had like... One of my, my dad, for example, he was very well off and my mom, not the same. She wasn't very well off and they split up when I was born. So I sort of got to experience both sides of the, uh, of the coin, the coin, if you can say that. So that taught me a lot. Raised by a single mother, 
Collar explains why he wouldn't have his childhood experience any other way. It was me and my two older brothers with my mum and my grandmother. How, how did that make you feel? I didn't think of it much at the time. But, you know, as you grow up, you can reflect on it a lot more and you can have conversations um, with your family to sort of delve deeper into what happened, why it happened and all that sort of stuff. And I'm really grateful for my, like the way I grew up. I wouldn't want to have it any other way because it made me the person that I am today. Explaining the similarities between school in Australia and Sweden, Collett shares the one aspect of his school experience that surprises people every time. Very similar. It's very similar. Um, One thing that's different is that we get paid to go to school. Really? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a little bit crazy, actually. Every time I tell that, um, people just go like, like you just did. Wow, really? Um, That's a bit different. But in general, it's very similar to how it is in Australia. Okay. I'm just wondering now, and people are probably curious about this, is why would the school pay for you to go to school? That's a good question. Um, I guess the, uh, the system in Sweden really encourages education and I think that they think a bit more long term perhaps if you get a good education get a good job you can take care of yourself and in that way maybe the government doesn't have to um, yeah take care of you in that sense. He shows that this incentive to go to school has actually benefited Sweden's economy. It's pretty good it's pretty stable I mean we, we had it pretty good we didn't get too much affected by the financial crisis it's been pretty good. Sweden's economy aside, Collett shares whether or not he went to university after high school. I actually never did. I, I After high school, I thought I was done with studying. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I had two older brothers who did, you know, seven to nine years of studying. And I could just see that that's not the, uh, the path that I wanted to go down. So what did you do after school then? I just tried to save up money as much as I could. I worked two jobs. So in the morning, I was at the uh, H&M working for eight hours. And after that, I went to, I used to be a waiter at a restaurant for another like eight hours. So I was just working like a dog, like a machine. I had absolutely no social life whatsoever. Um, and was just trying to, you know, um, yeah, sort of begin my, my life by getting some money in the bank. Having juggling multiple jobs straight after high school, Collett explains the reason behind his dedication to save. I wanted to get into property, to be honest. Um, it requires a bit of, bit of money to, to get your first um, property, as we all know. Um, so I, I tried and I tried and after a bit more than a year, you know, you could see, okay, I got this much money in the bank now and it wasn't like nearly en- enough what I needed. Uh, so I started looking towards other ways to to make money or other ways to make things happen. Um, so I, I um, me and my partner actually, we wanted to start renovate apartments in, in the capital of Norway, but found it a bit hard as, you know, not having enough money to do it on our own because back then we were only about 19, 20 years old. So I reached out to people trying to convince them it would be a good investment. And it wasn't easy to gain trust as obviously I was just a kid with no experience. But um, finally, I, I got a builder who got on board. We agreed to get paid after the property had been sold. And we got another couple of investors to help with capital. So, yeah, I mean, through, through these experiences, I actually 
I actually met my first mentor. And and he took me under his wing and he taught me uh, the property game. And I, I helped him with anything I could. And we built um, a pretty good relationship that I still nourish to this day. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into Theodore Collette's journey about an accidental yet successful joint venture completed. We just found another way to actually make money because it's a different thing like once you get paid for a vision that you've had for a while, it becomes real. The rookie mistake he almost made. We just thought like whatever works in Norway and Sweden, it's going to work in Australia. And that was a big mistake. That was a big mistake that we learned. The secrets to success he's discovered and how he applies it to business and property. So it's, it's all about identifying a problem and coming up with a solution. And that's next. I'm Taran Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. With a proven interest in property from a young age, Collect shares whether or not his parents influenced his jump into the property sector and why he chose to invest it in the first place. Actually, neither of my parents has ever been really too much for property, to be honest. But I, I identified, like I could easily see that a lot of people who made money made it through property. And property is easily to understand. It's practical. You know, it's not the same as, for example, shares or trading or any other investment. So it was easy to wrap my head around it and easy to find mentors, easy to find people who've done it before. So it, it almost felt a bit natural. With that perspective in mind and an accidental yet successful joint venture completed, Collect shared how his first brush with property turned out. It went really good, actually. I was really happy about it. Um, both me and my partner were feeling a bit um, like, is this actually happening? Did we just make this happen? Like, wow, it was a completely different thing from, you know, having to go to work, come home completely exhausted and do the same thing the next day. Like, we just found another way to actually make money because it's a different thing. Like, once you get paid for a vision that you've had for a while, it becomes real. And the returns he made from that type of property. That was a one-bedroom apartment in a up-and-coming suburb, or yeah, it's sort of a suburb in in Oslo, Norway. And uh, it was worthwhile, definitely. Yeah, it was worthwhile. We learned a lot, and we could do it a lot better today. But I have to say, it was um, it was a good start. He also shares whether or not he has kept the six-month renovation property in his portfolio. No, we, we had to sell it because we had to pay the builder, we had to pay everyone involved. So it was just a, I wouldn't say quick, but it was a flip. It was following that first renovation project and moving to Australia that Collect's property journey propelled him and his partner, almost making some rookie mistakes on the way. We had a set time, me and my partner, we're going to move to Australia on this date and no matter what, this is what we're going to do. So it felt like we should stay because it went so good in Norway. But since we, we, we made the agreement to move to Australia, and we did. And um, we just thought, like, whatever works in Norway and Sweden, it's going to work in Australia. And that was a big mistake. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that was a big mistake that we learned. <laughs> um, yeah, we actually bought a couple of apartments in Brisbane. Yep. 
um, and we, we, we found out that um, actually on the last day of the cooling off period, I went to a seminar and I, I, I um, met contact one of my mentors today and he told me just to get out. It's not a good idea, mate. Don't, you don't want to get into the apartment market in Brisbane. Not the same as where you're from. So, so thanks to him, we, we managed to call the agent one day before the cooling off period um, <laughs> was finished and we just uh, had, to, had to cut it. On a more personal note, Colette shares why exactly he and his partner decided to move and continue the property investing journey in Australia. Basically, my father was born here in Brisbane. So I have a lot of roots in Australia. So it's always... Uh, I don't know how to say it, but it's always been calling to me to come to Australia. And it sort of felt natural, it felt good, that like I belong here in a sense. So, and plus the weather, of course, it's yeah. not too bad <laughs> compared to Sweden and Norway. It's a different, different story. While moving to Australia felt natural to him, Collect did discover that there were things he had to learn about the country, specifically in regards to property. I just realized that I had to get a lot more knowledge before doing anything. I have to adapt to the market where it is. I have to learn a lot more about it. So after that, it just became like a massive learning curve. Trying to find people who have done what I want to do, get around that sort of circle and just be like a sponge, just absorb everything. Just learn, learn and learn. Fortunate enough to have avoided purchasing the Brisbane apartment, Colette explains why that was his worst almost investing moment and what attracted him to buy that property in the first place. That would actually be the one I just touched on a bit earlier about those apartments. Um, yeah, I'm just glad I got out of that one because that would have set me back uh, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, because you took the strategy that you had in Sweden and brought it to Australia, how how easy was it to find that particular apartment and what was it that attracted you to buy those ones as well? What were you thinking to do? Well, I was actually thinking to, they were pretty cheap, right, compared to what was around and it was good quality, but brand new. So I thought, hey, why don't I just buy these ones and Airbnb them because that would give me a good return, right? Um, but it would be good short term. It would be good cash flow, definitely. But, you know, 5, 10, 15 years down the, down the track, it wouldn't have been the best choice to do. Learning the importance of property research from that experience, Collect shares with us another moment in time that helped him realize the steps he had to take in order to achieve success, not only in property, but in business. Actually, I think my aha moment was when I realized that Business in any industry is actually pretty much the same once you break it down. So it's, it's all about identifying a problem and coming up with a solution. And good business is when you can do that at a competitive price while providing, um, sorry, while providing great value. So a lot of the times in the past, I used to overthink different situations and that could just make things a bit cloudy and inefficient instead of having that laser focus every day where you know what needs to be done in order to get where you want to go. Concluding with a few tips from Colette on this laser-focused method of his, 
Colette explains what exactly he does in order to stay focused and on track, not just on a day-to-day basis, but on a long-term one too. There's so many distractions today, and it's so easy to be led off the track. So it's all about conditioning your mindset, I think, and just deciding that you need to take some time off for yourself because you, you, you're never going to get where you want to get unless you know um, where you want to go. So you have to first define, like, what do you want to do in your life? What do you want to achieve? Because once you know that, it gets a lot easier to actually get there. And that focus just becomes a byproduct of it. So, inspired by Theodore Collette's journey, we'll keep the conversation going in a future episode of Property Investory. We'll further discuss how he learned more about succeeding in property. Basically, I just got around the um, sort of people who've done what I want to do and learn from them. Because there's always someone who's done what you want to do, most of the times at least. And if you can just get around those people and learn from them. The interesting strategies he has in place. I just found mirroring is a great strategy. So you, like step one is identify what you want to do, where you want to, where you want to be. And then step two is to find someone who's done that already and then just reach out to those people. The personal habits that have helped him make valuable connections in life. I follow my gut when it tells me to strike up a conversation with a particular person. And I mean, this has opened up a lot of doors to me and it's changed my life drastically throughout the years. And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investory. 